Hi. Oh, how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. That's good. How was lunch? <laughs> lunch was nice. Um, I forgot to tell him to toast my sub, and so I had to do it myself, and, like, the whole inside was cold, but it's fine. I'm not bitter or anything. <laughs> I used to work at Subway. That's the worst, though. No lie. <laughs> I worked at Firehouse Subs, and my favorite was the meatballs. Like, the meatballs. <laughs> at Subway, I got onto the meatballs real late. I didn't start... I didn't start eating the meatball subs until I was, you know, I was almost done working there. So I really was. And then now I can't eat Subway because I used to, I worked there for almost two years. So it's like, Ooh. I can't See, really. I did Firehouse for a year and I ate the meatball sub consistently the whole year and I can still kill a meatball sub. Also, no shade, but like the Subway meatball subs are ass. <laughs> no no uh no offense taken at all man <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad uh lunch was good welcome to the keys to sign podcast with me Keyshawn, and today we have a, a special guest i want to call the episode uh knowing dana bowen <laughs> okay <laughs> how are you doing how are you doing today first of all tell the listeners like who you are and where you come from because you know okay. not all probably know okay so i'm dana as you already said and i'm from uh winder georgia which is basically the middle of nowhere it's like 30 minutes away from athens georgia which is where uga is at um yeah and i just grew up there my whole life and i just recently moved to midtown so that's pretty much me i mean there's a lot more but yeah Man, before before um I before I met you, I would have never known what Midtown is. So I appreciate you <laughs> putting me up on what Midtown is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay because I was dying when we went apartment look like like shopping, and then uh, you guys were like, "What are those buildings?" <laughs> and like everyone I've ever talked with knows like what Atlanta and like Buckhead is, yeah. and like. It was just so funny to me that you guys are like, oh, look at all those buildings. What's that? <laughs> it was a fun time for sure. But, yeah. um, you know, how was it growing up? You know, you said in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, how was it growing up? You know, what were you like growing up? Um, Growing up, I was probably like, it depends. So as a kid, my parents... Um, were like super involved with like elementary school and everything so I think I was like pretty cool then I guess and like I would say I was just like that average girl like with that their parents are like involved in things you know what I'm talking about like that kid right. um, and then I went to middle school and up and like never again was I that kid like Basically, my parents completely withdrew from that entire, like, scene. They started a bunch of businesses. Like, they started their own tanning franchise. They owned, like, 17 Anytime Fitnesses. And so, like, their involvement in that type of scene kind of went away. And I just became, like, the nobody, I think. But, like, I did my own thing on my rifle team. So, I think I just went completely unnoticed for a long time and right. then I changed schools in high school so many times that like no one could keep up I graduated and I think I knew like five people at the entire school 
Jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I dual enrolled my senior year, which was, like, the only year I was at that school. And so, like, I never once went to class there. So when I graduated, I literally knew no one. Mm, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I'm kind of, like, a serious loner in that sense. Like, I just, like, did my own thing. Nothing wrong with being a loner, though, for sure. <laughs> I I do great by myself. I I actually thrive. Um. Yeah, you do. You really do. And and, and I will talk about our experience together. But you do really do thrive by yourself. You're amazing. You're amazing. But oh, um, you, you brought it up, and I was gonna um talk about it later. But we could definitely talk about it now. A small fact about you: you shared with me while we were talking uh, a little while ago was that you're a national record holder. <laughs> A holding rifle athlete. Explain that, because I really don't yeah. understand the sport or nothing like that. So just explain. yeah. So like, basically, growing up, my brother he picked up like four H BB gun, you know, and um, I really just wanted to beat him. I wanted to beat his ass. I was like, I'm gonna be so much better at this than you. Just wait. Um, and then we were both really good, but he kind of like kind of paved the way for me to like soar and so when I got into high school and middle school really um like I just took to it and rifle is an Olympic sport so it is in the Olympics and yet no one knows about it it's basically like we wear really funny suits that make us really stiff so we can't move and then we just shoot at paper targets pretty much and try to get a 10 as many times as we can out of 60 shots. And yeah, so from doing that, I got like five national records. Some were individual, some were with my team. And then I have so many national championships with my team that I, I genuinely don't even know how many it is. <laughs> and um, yeah, like it was just kind of a weird thing. And like my picture is hanging on like the Olympic Training Center in Colorado because we were like pretty cool at the time so like in the rifle world I was a somebody but then in school I was like who is that <laughs> it sounds like you were the Michael Jordan Tom Brady of rifle shooting <laughs> that's funny um well I mean it was me and my team so yeah maybe um I don't know I don't really know much about their like life career but yeah so do you do you still go out and shoot now or, you know, not so much? Well, work kind of takes over right now. And, like, I was supposed to go to college on a rifle team, like, either the Air Force Academy or TCU or, you know, West Point or something like that. I was, like, supposed to do that. Like, that was the whole point of me pursuing rifle was to, like, get a free ride in college. And then college came, and I was like, you know what? Absolutely not. I am going to pay my way through college at a school with zero help. And so, yeah, that's what I did. Right, but that's that's very – do those records still stand? Yeah, or, they do. They all of them? Yeah. Oh, my. You're, so you're like the GOAT for real. <laughs> um yeah there's one kid his name is scotty rocket and he's really cool like he's younger than me he might have been one of them shout out scotty rocket man yeah but shout out to him he rocks 
That's cool. That's cool. You're really a team player, though, you know, because I was trying to, you know, make you sound like the GOAT, and you said, well, it's really my team. So that's real cool to listen to and hear. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Like, there's four of us on a team for every rifle team. And so if it wasn't for them being equally as great as me and them me being as good as them, we would have never been able to go as far as we did. For sure. Yeah. A lot of people can learn stuff from that. You're you're, you're spinning some gems right now, Dana. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's great. I'm glad this is helpful. <laughs> so um, you say work takes over. What's your line of work for those who don't know? Okay, so I'm an apartment locator. Um, I work with Smart City. And basically, I just help people find their dream apartment and the apartment complexes pay me and I get to work my own schedule and things like that. Man. So was, was that like always, well, you know, you were supposed to go to college for, you know, rifle student, but was that always in the plan? Like I want to do that or, you know, when did that interest come about? Okay. So that's a great question because when I was in high school, I really wanted to do research, which I did end up doing. And I have an award for that, too, but it's way less cool. Um, <laughs> and so I went to do research. And then I was like, you know what? A cap- and I wanted to get my Ph.D. and do all that. I was like, Ph.D. all the way. I'm going to be a psychologist. Like, that's my path. Well, then I started doing research and working with all of these people in academia. And I was like, you know what? This sucks so much because they just wake up every morning it's just this routine of this nine to five and I was like I cannot do that I don't work well like that and so then that's when I hit the drawing board of how to work for myself wow yeah you know, oh. and um sorry to cut you off no, yeah but um a lot of this generation really doesn't like the idea of a nine to five you know, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know if person like what why do you believe that is? Well, I think it's because our generation has grown up, and maybe not everyone, obviously, but at least the people I grew up with, we all grew up watching our parents work a nine to five and be miserable and miss our football games or miss whatever thing we needed to do because they were working for a person that they'd always complain about. And we're like, well, why would I do that? I see how miserable you are. It's very much so facts. And there's no knock on the parents or, you know, anyone. It's not their fault. They're doing their damn best. You know, they're providing for us kids and like they're doing their thing. And that's awesome. I just think that we were like, is there a way for us to provide and not have to go through that shit? Because that would be best. That would be amazing. Yeah, (laughs) that would be better. And then so what? Um. And so do you stay in, like, the area in, in Georgia that you showed me and Victor, or how far do you reach out uh, apartment shopping? Well, we try to stay, like, within Marietta to Stone Mountain, which probably means nothing to many listeners. Um, <laughs> but in Atlanta, that's, like, the suburbs of Atlanta, which is also called Metro Atlanta. It's, like, the Gwinnett, you know, like, Gwinnett. So there's Fulton which if you were listening to the election was a really big deal. And then there's Cobb and Gwinnett. And we do Gwinnett, Cobb, and Fulton. And then like Cobb and Fulton, or Cobb and Gwinnett are like the burbs, you know? Right. 
Because and then and then Atlanta has so many great apartments. You know, me, you, and Victory look at so many great apartments yeah. out there. What is what is your favorite to like? Okay, I know I'm gonna take them or suggest the this complex for this apartments. Well, that's a great question. So since every person I get has different criteria, I have like many of those. So if I have like a lower budget client, I'm like, okay, then this is their spot. If I have like a higher budget, I'm like, all right, that's definitely the spot. And for me, that was Star Metals for you. Um, but great. Then, oh my goodness. I love yeah. Star. I'm sorry to cut you off again. I love Star Metals so much. I know. Yeah. Like Star Metals and Lily are like my number ones for people that have like um, more wiggle room, if that makes sense. Um, so like, and also it depends on like the neighborhood because like my favorite spot could be in West Midtown and they're like super against West Midtown, you know? So I have like a bunch of different spots. That's cool. And another thing that you um, had kind of brought up but didn't all the way is that um, I have it written down. Give me one second. You're, you're, do, you're into research like uh, false confessions and wrongful convictions. I want to hear yeah. a lot about that. What can you speak on about that? A lot. There's so much. Um, so I do research on false confessions and wrongful convictions. Um, basically, me and my research lab, which I'm like low man on the totem pole there. There's so many other brilliant minds involved in this. Um, but like basically what we looked into, we ran a whole study where we wanted to see if people would falsely confess to some sort of crime or like some sort of act that they did not commit. And that if their relationship with the actual perpetrator um, changed their likelihood of falsely confessing. So basically we took them, we took two participants and like sometimes they would be strangers. So the two people wouldn't know each other. And then sometimes they would be like best friends, right? And we'd take them through this whole study where we're like, okay, fill out this questionnaire. Let's like play this little game. And then we told them that the whole thing was about decoding people's emotions um, through text, which was like a ruse. So we make them think that this whole study is about decoding emotion or what have you. And then we take this test and we tell one of the participants to cheat. Like we set them up to it. We're like, you need to cheat on this test and make your friend or the stranger think that you're just cheating because you want money, right? Because they could win money if they did well on the test. And so then after they cheat on the test, we separate them and we're like, we take the other person, we're like, hey, someone cheated on the test. Was it you? Did you cheat? And then basically what we're looking at is to see how frequently they'll be like, yep, I did it. You know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what we noticed is that people who are friends, like if you do have a relationship with the person who cheated or the person who committed a crime, you're significantly more likely to falsely confess for them. And that affects our entire everyday life. Imagine how many people commit crimes and have gone to prison for things they did not do because they wanted to protect their friend, their family member, whomever. Is there a, is there a famous case that you can think of that uh, involves this or anything? Yeah. So uh, the Central Park Five is probably one that most people will know about. There's some false confessions in there. Um, other than that... I don't know of anyone that people would know, but I can tell you a story. 
So, like, a common idea of this is how a kid who was, like, 17 or so ran over a person or a dog or something like that. And the dad, they, like, posted it. They're, like, we're looking for this person who ran over it. And the dad went to the station and was, like, I did it. And he got prison for, like, 10 years, right? Well, then six months later, after the dad had already gone to prison and been convicted and all these things, the son comes to the station and he's like, you got to let my dad out. Like, it was definitely me. He was just doing it to protect me. And so they let the dad out because it definitely wasn't him. And they put the kid in prison. Well, that entire story is what kind of like sparked us into thinking that this could happen a lot more than we think because we would have never known about that if the kid hadn't had a guilty conscience, you know? Right. And like, there's a lot of people out there who are probably not going to willingly go to prison, you know? I definitely wouldn't. I definitely <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't. So like, that is a very rare case. And so, yeah. And like a bunch of people around us had these stories of how like they got a DUI or like they took blame for like a car accident that they didn't do and things like that. And like lower level crimes, people were taking the blame for them when they didn't do it. And so that was a problem. And then we also figured out that like, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, people were being convicted for murders they did not commit at such high rates because police officers are using so many tactics to elicit these false confessions from people. So let's say, and this is disproportionately happening to black individuals, mainly men. So basically what we're seeing with that is, let's say you get into a traffic stop and they're like, you have a DUI or whatever, and they bring you in. You know, nothing bad happens in that encounter They bring you in, they interrogate you, and a lot of the scenarios, they torture you physically and mentally. Um, They leave you in a room with no water, no bathroom, no food for, like, days. So you're just peeing and pooping on yourself so that you will falsely commit for a murder you did not, like, you will falsely confess for this murder, right? They're like, will you just say that you did it? And then after days and days of being tortured, you break down and you get convicted for this murder you didn't commit. And you're stuck in prison for a DUI. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this it seems like it's going to sound childish, but like I've seen this plot in like movies and shows for sure. Well, it's real. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's just that's just unfortunate, and you know, it's really hurtful that you know it's really focused on that one group of individuals. It is very much disproportionately towards them and I've tried to explain that to people especially during like the Black Lives Matter movement and all this that even if nothing happens to black men in an encounter with the police on the street the idea that they're going to get convicted for some crime they didn't do when they get taken to the station is so high that it's just incredibly unfortunate in so many ways that we're not even contemplating, you know? Right. So, yeah, that's the whole thing with, like, wrongful convictions because they're just kind of, like, using as many tactics as they can to get people to confess for things that they didn't do. And then, did you know that 83% 
of people on death row are factually innocent, but will not bring DNA evidence to the courts? I didn't know the exact number, but I watched the YouTube video on something like that. That and then and it's cool that you know the exact number. It's very very organized, <laughs> but that's that's you know, and that's death row like that. Yeah. Like, and then, so if you want to think about how seriously fucked our system is, there was a case where a guy ended up in prison at, like, 16 or 17 because a book bag was, um, like, he stole a book bag. He got put in, and then a bunch of things started happening inside prison to where he got life. So then he murdered a rapist so that he could get death row because he knew he had 20 years on death row, and they would give him, like, TV and better treatment. Like, the whole system is so mega-fucked that you can't even comprehend it. Oh, yeah, literally, and honestly, and, and if no year have showed, has showed us that, besides, obviously, the early days, like, the, you know, like, segregation, like, this year has showed us that for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, Dana is definitely a white man. Oh, yeah, I'm but, very white. <laughs> but it's just, it's just nice hearing that, that passion that you have. You know, can you? Do you want to speak more on the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that happened early on this year? Like, you know, what were you, what was what was your view from that? My view was that first of all, I was at the protest and I was protesting in Winder because no one was protesting there. So I was like, you all need to know about this too. So I went to Winder to protest. And um basically my whole view was that with the research I'm doing we're missing a whole other issue. Like if you're, if you're a black male and your chances of dying on the streets right now due to police brutality are so high, imagine if you then you don't die on the street, but then you get put on death row for something you're factually innocent for. So you're going to die either way. Like we're completely even missing. It's like people are saying, well, why are they resisting arrest? Well, maybe because even if they're brought in, they could still die. Like, I would resist arrest too. There's a flight or flight mechanism in all of us, and I get the flight part, you know? Yeah, I get both sure. of those. Definitely. And then it's just, like like you said, it's just, you know, being scared either way, honestly, with, like, the unknown of, well, the unknown but the known of, I know what you guys do to guys like me. Exactly. So I, I don't want to go down that road. A hundred percent. And so my whole view on it has been that this is a very real movement. It is it is underlooked in a lot of ways, like the entire justice system of just everything that is wrong within prison, like the police on the streets, everything like that is totally affecting like so many people disproportionately black. And then we're at, we're thinking like when people say racism just still isn't perpetuating in our country, I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, yes, <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it is. And then when someone has the audacity, the audacity to say that like black men aren't like present fathers, I'm like, maybe it's because they're on death row for something they didn't do. Like, maybe. maybe it's because they got <laughs> shot in the street. And then the audacity for them to use to say it in the first place really kills me because we know statistically that's not even fucking close to true. But like, right. 
there's just so many things, you know. You know how it is. I, I do know. Yeah, how you it would is. know way better than me. I hate speaking on it from like the white woman's perspective because I just feel like it is much more invalid because I don't experience it. But I guess it is good to, for everyone to hear that I see it and I'm not yeah. telling you it doesn't exist because it does. It is. It is very much so great to, you know, to, for you to acknowledge it and, you know, speak, you know, you get a passion when you're speaking about it. It's, you know, and and, and, and in a lot of cases, like you said, they'll be like, oh, well, they were resisting, so they deserved to get shot or they were, you know, well, you don't know what he was doing on that corner at that time. You know, so it's just like, that, you know, like, isn't that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? It's like, oh, because someone ran from the cops, which is something we have seen in movies since the dawn of time. You know, that classic naked dude who's like, I'm, you're going to have to catch me, you know, and then he runs from the cops. Yeah. He didn't die. They caught him. You know what I'm saying? They didn't shoot him in the back. So, like, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, he shouldn't have resisted arrest. People have been resisting arrest no matter what color they are for since the dawn of time. That is just a human psychological fact about us. It is. Yeah. It, that's just, that specific one just really gets me. Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear <laughs> that it. one that really was... gets me. It, um, and the the two more more popular cases of you know these things happening like the George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor yeah and with Breonna Taylor the, one of the things I would hear most is like well her boyfriend was a drug dealer so they so they had the right you know and it's just like either way she was in bed sleeping there's no reason to shoot that lady at that point <laughs> yeah well see the thing is I think criminalizing drugs to begin with is fucked up the fact that someone cannot smoke an herb or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck they want to smoke. Like, how does that make you a criminal? That's what I want to know. How does doing drugs and not hurting anyone make you a criminal? I just can't fathom that part. And then for them to be like, well, he was selling drugs. What, did the drugs hurt you? Because I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it, like, we should have more autonomy over what is good for us and what isn't. For an example, my brother has diabetes. Marijuana is known to help and is a medical thing for people with diabetes, right? Right. So every doctor he's ever had has told him to smoke weed. Don't drink because drinking will fuck up his blood sugar. Marijuana does not. Marijuana actually helps, right? So right. for the fact that alcohol is legal and then all these other things are not but yet if you're an alcoholic like if he was an alcoholic who answered the door it would never come up you know but he's a drug dealer so they're like she deserved to die like what kind of fucked up mentality is that it makes no sense it literally lacks logic on every level it really does. And then, like you said, you know, like cigarettes are, you know, proven to cause cancer. And yeah. I don't know. It's just everything that will harm you is, like, illegal. Like, yeah, yeah. do that as much as you want. It doesn't I'm matter. like, excuse me. There are lots of people harming themselves that has nothing to do with these substances. So you criminalizing people and putting them in prison, absolutely bananas. Like, if we do not release all of our at least, at least marijuana um, like people that are in prison right now, I will be stunned because the fact that they are still in prison for something that is illegal in many states is so fucked up. 
It is. Like, they're sitting in prison over an herb that, like, most countries use for medicine. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's an issue there. It's baffling. It really is. It really is. And I think that the fact that weed in itself is illegal is racist in itself because I feel like they're targeting the black community just by having that um, illegal. Like, I swear to God, they looked at it and they're like, who is using marijuana? Oh, they looked at any reason they could to put black people away in prison. And they were like, we're going to make that illegal. We're going to put them in prison. Like, they're just perpetuating slavery by having that illegal in the first place, however long ago they did that. And I I also believe, sticking with that same uh, idea, I also believe that, you know, um, it's so many, like, to have a job, you can't. He has so many requirements for a job, you know, and so back in like even back in the day now, whichever one, like most black men had to provide for their family. So most of the time couldn't go out and get a job really or the job they wanted or, you know, stuff would happen at the job because they are black. So they started providing for their family by selling, you know, crack cocaine, marijuana, Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. And then, you know, get wind of that. Like, nope, can't do that either. That'll get you locked up away from your family. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose situation, really. And yeah. hopefully, you know, um, if not resolved, we get better understanding of what we can do as a, as a country. You know, not just as black men, black people, as a country. Mm-hmm. So, so also sticking with the, um, the country talk, this president, this president situation is, <laughs> one of the more, is one of the more confusing and tiring elections mentally for just about everyone in America. What is your views on that? Um, man. Okay. So I'm from the smallest town. I've already told you guys this. And I think I'm really passionate about this topic because everyone there is still in denial. Okay. And so I've been surrounded by people who aren't willing to see the issue and accept it or acknowledge it or literally think with logic. Right. So due to that, I have some passion about the election as well, and coming from a place that is mainly Trump supporters, I'm honestly just happy to see someone other than Trump win, because in my view, he has done a lot of things that are bad, and in terms of psychological, like, basis, because I'm a psych major, I forgot to mention that, um, rewarding bad behavior is the worst thing you can do. So if we were to reelect Trump right now with all the shitty things he has said, like support the Kenosha shooter, just as one of them, um, he would get away with it even worse in the next four years because we would reward that awful behavior to where it's only going to get worse. And think back to like when you have a kid and they do something bad. If you were to be like, good job, you did so good, even though they just did something horrible, they're going to do it again, except even bigger the next time, right? Right. So I'm thinking solely just like I think two old white men suck as both options. Like we don't need two old white men, in my opinion. But if one of them's going to have to win, I'll go with the one who hasn't displayed horrendous, like horrible behavior over the past four years because he's only going to accelerate if we reward him. You know what I'm saying? So in that way. I'm pro-Biden. Also, when Biden won, I walked out of my apartment complex and the whole city was cheering. And the fact that we went from having rubber bullets shot at our head 
to everyone's dancing in the streets cheering, I will take that. Every time, 10 times out of 10. Exactly. If I can walk around and high five a bunch of strangers and dance with them, something good has happened. I will go with that. And then, um, you know, and in Trump fashion, he's definitely doing everything in his power to try to prove that the nation is against him and that uh, vote uh, that Biden's team is cheating and, you know, all of that. But um, I know while we were talking, when I met you, that, uh, you you know, you made it clear that you weren't with Trump. What what are some and you told me that you listened to, um, I believe it was it was my All Lives versus Black Lives yeah. Matter episode. You know, I did. Um, what What are some things you know? Because clearly you don't just hate Trump, but what are some things like that he displays to you that aren't president like or aren't who we should have running the nation? Okay, um, one of the things is he has dozens of sexual assault allegations, right? And if my family would not be comfortable with me going on a date with someone who had that many sexual assault allegations, they're not fit to be president. Um, if I can't, in good faith be alone in a room with the president because of his past or what have you, I don't think I can vote for him. Second, he was impeached. How dumb is it to reelect someone who was literally impeached? Like, they were like, oh, you did very bad. Uh, We would like to kick you out now. And then everyone else who are Trump supporters were like, we're going to keep him. Like... (laughs) No, he was literally impeached. Why? I don't I don't see it. But okay, you know. Um, And then another thing is he supported the Kenosha shooter. He was like, you know, it's going to be ruled as self-defense. And that's that. I'm, I'm like, I watched that video. You don't shoot people in the back and then fire warning shots and claim self-defense. That's not how that works. Um, So that's just a whole fucked up situation. So for him to even take their side the Kenosha shooter side can't handle that. Also, he literally would not denounce white supremacy in the debate. They're like, will you denounce it? He's like, you know, we're going to come ready. I'm like, what the fuck is that? No, like if you cannot denounce white supremacy as our president, you should not be president. That's all, you know, like this is easy stuff. And also the way he handled the border. I just think like the wall makes zero sense um, the, the issue is that we don't have a way for immigrants to come into this country in any reasonable fashion. It takes 10 years for someone to legally enter our country as a citizen. 10 years. If someone is in the face of danger at whatever country they're at, they don't have 10 years. You know, like the money should have gone towards creating a proper system for people to immigrate here safely instead of building a motherfucking wall. Like what that what? You know what I'm saying? Like, people are smart. They can get over a wall. Like, are you dumb? You know, like. Over, under, around. There's so (laughs) many things you can do. Like, the only thing he was doing was trying to create some sort of history for himself, you know, shows that he did something as president. And like, that's fucked up. That was really expensive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, his stance on climate change clearly sucks. Um. He just didn't really do much for it, so that really pissed me off. Um, yeah, there's a lot more things. He's perpetually racist. I mean, like, if I wouldn't want to meet this man, like, if I can say he's a prick and I don't want to meet him, I'm not going to vote for him. Exactly. And you also told me that you had a, a problem with him calling 
the corona, the chi- yeah, uh, Chinese. That's another thing. That Trump is just a prick. Like, he's just a guy you meet that you're like, what a douche. You know, what a piece of shit. Like, God, you suck, dude. You know, like, for you to call it the Chinese virus or the, what was it, the Kung flu or something like that, that was, like, Really, you're going to perpetuate racism against Asians? Like, those beautiful people do not need to hear your fucking shit, dude. You know, like, I'm not for it. Like, dude, like, I get it came from China. But, like, you think they wanted their citizens to die? Enough for you to call them the Chinese virus? And, like, they're spreading it to our country as, like, to be rude? Like, you think all the Asians are, like, yeah, this virus is great, and we're going to spread it to you, like, on purpose. Like, really? Like, how genuinely petty and racist do you have to be to think that saying that is a good idea as a regular human, but much less as president? Of the United States. (laughs) Yeah, like, how are you president of the United States, and you just called it the Chinese virus? Like, dude, there's a reason this guy was impeached. That's all I'm saying. It was. And, you know, and it's being thrown in our face even today. You know why he just isn't fit to be the president of the United States. And then and then he actually should be very thankful that he lasted the whole four years. Not saying anything should happen to him or could have happened to him. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. He's just very lucky. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you. Like, when he got impeached, I'm like, that seems fitting. You know, like. I'm glad that that made sense. Like, that's a good idea. Also, all my LGBTQ folks around me, he's not very kind to them either. And you can see all the quotes of the terrible things he has said about women. Like, grab them by the pussy. Also, am I allowed to cuss on this? I feel like I've been cussing. <laughs> You're very much so allowed to cuss Okay, well, grab them by the pussy or, like, it's hard for someone with no tits to be a 10. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, who are you grabbing by the pussy? Like, I need to know because that's fucked up. So all my LGBTQ friends, all women, should be pretty disturbed that the guy who said that is determining our lively situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a a cute situation at all. No, it's definitely not. Well, I'm that 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 portion of the episode with Greg. I was, you know, I knew that you had wanted to speak politically, and I, you know, I, you nailed everything on the head. I, I'm excited for that part. Of <laughs> I'm glad. I feel like I genuinely do not deserve to speak on these topics since I am very extremely white um, <laughs> and very blonde. Um, so, like, you can take it out if you're like this white woman should not be speaking no, no. for our like community um but that is truly how i feel so no i th- I think it's great you know i just i don't like when i don't like when um you know really any other color but you know where the whites and they're like oh it's not hard being black just follow the rules and don't you know do anything to you know so i just i, just, I don't like that side of it yeah but, just you know, don't forward. resist arrest and you'll be fine yeah what like... the fuck like <laughs> Who are you, who, when did, like, I know so many drunk white dudes that have resisted arrest in my hometown, and yet they don't get shot in the back, and yet they're still telling everyone else that, oh, if you, well, if you just don't resist arrest, okay, well, what about when you did it, dude? Yeah, so, 
know. And then and then another thing that you hit on the head is I I don't think we need any more old you know and nothing against anybody, but I don't think we need another old white stuck in his ways guy in yeah. the in the you know I think um I think well in any in the government really because I I feel like society is running how it's supposed to because it's on the shoulders of these white haired old people that you know well I grew up this way so that's just how it's going to be and they're not really with the times and the changing that's happening yeah I mean you're so right about that like that's why I wanted Andrew Yang like a young Asian dude that sounds great like I really like Andrew Yang um but yeah I just think that having two old white guys and like I like I said I'm oh I'm great that Biden won like I'm dancing like if everyone's dancing in the streets I'm glad with what happened but just like having two old white dudes him being the literal oldest white dude we've ever had um I mean I just think it could be better like this is still a win but I just think like he's the literal oldest guy we've had he's really stuck in his ways like if I can't talk to white old white men on the street and then convince them of literally any modern idea why would we be able to convince them you know right so I'm like and when he speaks like you can even see like that he is still pretty he's had the same ideology for a long time you know so I mean there are some things he's changed on and I like that he adopted the masks he took he took to that a lot so I'm happy with that you know obviously he's able to adapt in some ways so I'm happy with that and I think between the two white men we got the better one um but in the future I would love for it to not be an old white dude Right. Well, and I mean, I, we've I, just had plenty of old white dudes already, you know? Yeah, about, uh, what are we on, 40, 40, what, what president are we on, 46, we've had about 44 of them. Yeah, we've <laughs> had a lot, and so I'm, I'm just like, you know, let's, let's move on to something different, you know? Like, you all had the same ideas, it's not going that great, so... Right. I think in the next four years, though, we'll see a rise in, um, you know, more diversity when it comes to election. Because you just spoke on, what's his name? Andrew Yin? Yeah, Andrew Yang. Oh, Yang. I've never heard of him, but I know it was a, another woman. It was a, a black woman running for president this year, Jade Simmons. Yeah. And she, she had great ideas, but she never got, like, that media time that, you know, they got. She never got a voice, if you will. She was always always going live on her Instagram, you know, doing small stuff. She wasn't on all the ballots in 50 states. So Uh, it was just. Yeah, I feel like that is all too common. And like in Georgia specifically, we had Stacey Abrams run two years ago and she got genuinely gypped so hard. Like the election was rigged against her. And you've seen how she came out and said that she got 800,000 people to register to vote this time. And like, she's a lot of the reason why we have a Democratic president elect now. Um, But she would have been really good for us, I think, because Kemp, who we have now, is so bad. He literally sued all the cities that had a mask mandate so that they wouldn't do it. And he's just like, let's just sue them. Like, eh. Let's just sue him. Like, if that's not the most Trump move you've ever heard. Yeah. And, like, having Stacey Abrams would have been better, and it was rigged against her. So, it's like, even if they do make it to the election, shit still won't go their way, you know? Like, 
even Andrew Yang, he made it to one of the debates and they never once called his name. They never once brought it up. They never once asked him a question. Like, eh. Like, and I'm sure that's frustrating, you know, because yeah. they put more work than Trump and Biden, I would imagine. Oh, so for just... sure. And so <laughs> it's really, really shitty how the system is against them, even when they do make progress. Like, you've clearly made it to where you're in the election, right? You're in the race and then the race hates you. And, like, how do you handle that? Like, if I was Stacey Abrams, I'd be pissed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for sure. And, um, like I said, I, I, I believe in the next four years, by the time the next election comes around, we'll have more diversity. You know, um, this year more than ever, it was a lot. It was, I've never, I've, I'm only 21, <laughs> but I've never seen such emphasis on getting out and voting and making a difference. And so I believe if we, continue that momentum and make sure that you know the generate even the generation that's coming up under us the ones that are 15 and going to be able to vote in the four years understand like hey you know even though you're 18 19 or you know it's still very important for you to understand who you're getting in this office and what they're you know going to mean for your future yeah I definitely agree with you I mean so I hope that more diversity comes and I think that we're getting there and I definitely agree with you on the emphasis of voting like I feel like way 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 more people especially celebrities and organizations were partaking in the emphasis on voting so I think that that's going in the right direction but yeah just overall I, I mean I, I really hope that things get better and I think we're definitely getting there like I think that we're getting there, but it's hard to see because there's still so much shit going on. Like the prison system still sucks. So like for me, it's hard for me not to focus on that. Um, right. But I definitely agree with you. Like, I I think it is getting better. Like there was a, even like a Republican woman running and like there was a bunch of libertarians that were female, I think I saw. And so like there's there is more diversity happening on no matter what political party. Um, so I think that's good. I definitely saw more women and people of color this election. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. And so, um, you know, getting off of the, the stress, because politics is a stressful topic for the world for <laughs> yeah. some reason. You said you had a funny story that I want to hear. You texted <laughs> about it. It was about um, your brother getting swatted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And see, we're laughing, but it's really kind of a sad story. But, like, it is funny, but it's also kind of sad. Um, oh. But you'll, you'll hear. Like, if someone dies, so it's kind of sad. But it's also, like, really just, like, you can't help but be like, what the fuck is that? So, um, basically, um, a, a huge amount of SWAT people came to, like, my parents' farmhouse, which is where my brother was staying at the time. And they just surrounded it, like, helicopters, huge trucks. Like, they were all armed and drawn, like, and everything. They knocked on the door. My brother was, like, dead asleep. Like, you can't wake him up. And so they finally got him up, and he's, like, standing there. And he comes to the door, and there's just, like, a literal sea of swat at him. And he's like, I have severely fucked up. Like, I'm about to die. Um, and they're like where is uh i think his name, i don't even want to say his name so we'll keep him private yeah, you don't. where's blake or whatever okay and he's like who the fuck is blake you know like i have no idea and they're like okay well we need to search the entire property to see if we can find blake because he used to live there 
And we're like, oh, okay, I get it. What you're, why you would be looking for him. He used to live here. Got it, got it. But we found out they were looking for this guy because him and his wife got into a fight and they started doing a shoot off. Well, he won and he murdered his wife. Um, and apparently these shoot offs were like fairly normal for him. Like mm. they, they would like shoot at each other frequently, but like people wouldn't die. But this time it went really south. And the wife died. And then he was on the run. So that's why they were searching for him, because he ran. And then eventually, like, days go by. And my brother is still surrounded by SWAT people, because it took him days to, like, look through however many acres we have. They looked up and down. They had helicopters. So, like, days. Our whole farm is covered in SWAT people. They eventually found the guy. And he shot his face off. I'm not making this up. He took a shotgun and put it underneath his chin and pulled the trigger, trying to kill himself because he didn't want to go to prison, but he lived, okay? So he has no nose. His mouth is basically gone. No jaw. Literally no jaw anymore. Like, how does one survive a shotgun to the face, lose all of their facial features, and survive? I have no idea. There's pictures of Blake. He looks really rough. Um... And then here's where the funny part comes in is because the whole city of wherever this was at, um, well, I will right. say, uh, they had to pay in taxes for his facial reconstruction so that he could live in prison forever. And they were just pissed. Everyone had to pay so much in taxes for this guy's facial reconstruction surgery. And it was the talk of the town. Like Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, can you believe Blake shot his face? Like, he was just like a normal citizen of, like, everyone knew him, you know? Like, can you believe he killed his wife and shot his face off? And now we have to take care of his kids and pay for his face. It was like half a million dollars or something like that. They had to pay just for his face. And they're like, gosh, damn, like, we were really hoping for a park this year. But no, we got him a new nose, you know? And, like, they were really mad about that because... They didn't get what they wanted, and like he was so expensive, and they put him in prison forever. But he has a beautiful nose now. <laughs> he has a beautiful <laughs> yeah, nose. like they were just really mad that that happened, and they're just pissed off at Blake. And I want, I really want to know if like people went to visit him and were like, "Dude, why did you do that?" But yeah, that's what it was. He used to grow so much marijuana on our farm, like. He was, he was a, he was a guy. He was so good though. Apparently his weed was really good. <laughs> I, I bet. I mean, you know, you're making acres and acres of weed. That has to be some of the best stuff. <laughs> yeah. My, my thing about that story is how do you shoot it? How do you shoot at your husband or wife and then lay with them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still go to bed in the same bed, you know, like. Like, oh, you almost Today. Like, wow, I'm glad we blew off all that steam so we're not mad at each other anymore. You know, like, how do you do that? I just... Yeah, when you said that, my face, I wish it was a visual podcast, and my face was just like, whoa. Like, yeah, like, I um, don't know why they would do that. Like, they would shoot at each other, like, frequently. Like, just casually pissed off at each other and then shoot at each other and miss until this one time they did miss. Man. And that that uh, rest in peace to his wife, you know. Um, that, that's yeah. That's, rest that's in a, that's peace to the wife, because that is super unfortunate. They did have a child, so it was real. Like I said, a sad story, but also a little bit funny. 
just, just, a, just a splash of humor. So, Dana, am I saying it right, Dan? I always, when me and Victory speak on you, <laughs> I change from Dana to Dana to Dana. To Dana. <laughs> it's okay. It's Dana. And I'm so Dana. glad that you didn't know. Because remember how insecure I was about saying your name right? Yes, I do. I, I, I didn't know why you weren't saying it because like it would get to me and then you'd be like and her boyfriend and I was, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like um this is victory and her boyfriend like hoping that you would say your name I like like are right. you gonna I, say oh, it I, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was really funny boy. I just didn't want to be that person that said your name wrong yeah, so many people have said my name wrong. Trust me, it's not. It wouldn't. It doesn't offend me. Yeah, that's okay. Also, how is your apartment search going in Dallas? It's going. It's going uh, decent. You know, Victory. Uh, we just. I think her name is Mackenzie. Yeah, our new. It um, is. And um, she was just talking to her. She um, she uh, came in contact with Corona, yeah. so she's not available really for tours mm-hmm. just yet. Mm-hmm. But we definitely want to get on tours with her really soon. I doubt she'll be another Dana, but you know, <laughs> that's so sweet of you. But, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that back up because I wanted to, you know, just in case any of my listeners were looking in, to move into that area, I wanted you to give, like, you know, you Smart City a little bit of promo Aww. because you did an excellent job. Thank you. And uh, you know, that was my first time going on, you know, apartment tours, and you know, it was just I I couldn't imagine of going on with a better person. Oh, so, you know, um. When looking at the apartments with your clients, what are you looking to like really point out, or you know, are you well, what in your research about the complex? Are you like, okay, yeah, let me circle this and make sure I bring this up when we're out there? Yeah, so I try to talk with them about what they like, um, and like you guys were my first people that were like needs to have a huge living room. Like I've never really had anyone request that before. They usually like something really off out of nowhere but you guys are like actually made sense why you would want a big living room um and so usually like I'll look at that and then my number one thing is that I let the apartment agents do the talking because they're the experts on the complexes it's my job to find the best complexes and then let them talk the shit up about their complex you know and they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and so that's for them. And then whenever I am with them, I'll just be like, hey, look how big this living space is. Or like, look how awesome this built-in desk is that you wanted, you know? Like, I'll yeah. highlight the things they requested or like the things like, I try to have like a casual conversation with them. I'd be like, so what's inspiring you to move? And like, they'll usually give me little hints from that, just like asking them abstract questions. So then I'll be like, right. oh, remember when you said you hated that your heater went out? Like, when you live, blah, blah, blah. Well, this one's brand new. How cool is that? You know? So, like, things that, like, the apartment people wouldn't think to say that I know about the client, that's what I'll bring up. Like, victory with the closet. Jeez, she loves a a big closet. She loves a big closet. But that's a normal request. That's a normal thing. Um, The thing with you, this will always stick in my mind forever, that you love the smallest details about each place you're like look at this nice mirror right here like it was what like no one ever cares and you're like wow I, i'm getting good vibes from this place that's such a cool bowl yeah oh man that shell. i know exactly what you're talking about that shell bowl yeah it, it's just the thing you just me. picked up it's on it like- and you were like i love that bowl and i've never had a client do that and i will oh, i will never forget it 
I'm, I'm glad I can make that mark because that bowl was great. Yeah. And it's in in the mirrors you were speaking. It was a couple of mirrors, but definitely like small stuff like that definitely catches the eye, makes it appealing. Yeah, I like the like when we were at a uh, Star Metal, how she was um, you know how the uh, lady that um. I'm not sure what her position was, but she was really interactive with the front desk. Concierge. Clerk. Yeah. Concierge. Yes. She was really interactive. So it's like, okay. And then when we were at Lily's, uh-huh. um, the guy there was also, he knew about everybody, everyone's name when we were at the gym and yeah. stuff like, Hey, you know, Bill, you getting that work in, you know, I'll be in there later. So I, I look at stuff like that. A lot of small stuff really add up to me. Yeah. That's one thing, just like anyone who's ever looking for apartments. Um, the one thing I always look for to know if it's good or not is if the leasing consultants have a positive interaction when we're touring with the like residents, because that was one thing I always looked at. Like, if I'm going on a tour, their interactions with the residents will say everything. Because if that person right. is pissed the fuck off that maintenance hasn't come in a month, they're going to look at that leasing consultant who's trying to show off by doing this tour and give them a big middle finger. And that's when you yeah. know that's not the one. You know what I'm saying? Or they're going to walk into the gym and be like, hey, Bill. And then Bill's going to be like, hey, how's your kid? You know, and you're going to be like, oh, they're clearly not screwing him over if they've had this conversation, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's like the one lady that, you know, she had a slight attitude that Victory wasn't a fan of. (laughs) First of all, that is not the first time I've had an attitude from those properties. We will not bring them up by name, but... Yeah. When Victory was like, I will walk out if she has an attitude again. I was like, yes, I cannot wait to stick it to these people. And then you were like, we will not be doing that. And I was like, damn. We will not. We will not. I we get will it. stick it out. I, like, all of me wants to do that. But if I just had a client who was like, we're out, I'd be like, I'm with my client on this one. <laughs> like, I would love that. That's great. And, and and she was, we had a little conversation off to the side, and she was like, I'm not with it. She is already upset, and we haven't even done anything <laughs> except, like, to her. And I'm like, I understand, but she's going off eye test, and she doesn't get it just yet. It's okay. We haven't seen an apartment yet. We came into this apartment. Never mind her attitude. Yes. But this is where I will brag on you, because your ability to have someone do that and be like, you know, it's okay. Like, they're just judging us, whatever. Like, it's fine. Like, this is life. We're going to keep going. I commend you. Mm. Second, the manners you have <laughs> are unbeatable. I have never met anyone in my entire life ever open so many doors and wait. <sighs> like, you will always be the last one out of the elevator, the last one in the mm. room. Like that, there is just some um, element of manners to you. I was so impressed. Even Victory, she said to me, she was like, you see how good he's being? I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, did you do that? Or is she just awesome? Like, <laughs> um, it's just, it's just, well, for, first of all, most of the time it was with, you know, a lot of women. And, you know, so it was always, you know, the proper etiquette to, you know, open doors. And especially some of those doors are heavy. So, you know, it's just stuff like that. And uh, manners are number one. You know, as long as as long as you give respect, you'll get respect back. And um, yeah, that's just always that's always Keyshawn twenty four seven. Yeah, the you respected everyone, even if they didn't respect you first. Like right. she had a sour attitude, and you were like, "It's okay, I got this. Like I'm gonna treat her with respect. We'll turn this around." 
Yeah, because and then when you know when you're when you're obviously she was going out of her way to make you know you know small little gestures. So when she's doing that and then she's getting nothing but positive feedback back, it's just humanly to be like, oh well, I should stop. Probably you know I should yeah. probably not be so much of a douche. Yeah, killer with kindness kind of thing. Exactly. I also agree. That is my thing as well. I also I want your opinion on this. I didn't tell you I was going to bring this up. But I've been walking the city and homeless men will ask me for something, right? So, like, I'm in the insomnia cookies line and a homeless man's like, hey, I'm really hungry. Would you mind buying me a cookie? And I'm like, 100% I'll buy you a cookie. Do you want ice cream too? I'll get you some ice cream, right? And I gave him Mm -hmm. this cookie and ice cream. And then everyone around me was like, don't you do that again because they're going to pick up that you're going to feed them and they're going to swarm you. Right. What do you? What would you have done in this scenario? What do? You, how do you think I should respond to the people on the streets? I really, genuinely want your opinion, especially as being a person of color. Like, I just want you to tell me how I should go about those types of situations. Um, it depends. It really does, because I see where people will be like. Because you know that I don't know if you know the saying. Because you know you're from a different state, but I grew up. Like, hey, don't feed that dog because he'll be on your doorstep mm-hmm. every morning waiting on. So I get that. But at the same time, you know, if you got it and, you know, it's no bother to you really. And they just genuinely ask. It's no problem with it. And then the next time if you're in more of a rush is, hey, you know, not this time. I don't got it. I'm in a rush. You know, so it's always nice ways to be like, no. Yeah. But as long as they're not like real pushy. And because I was I was in Atlanta. For yeah, a month. you were. The homeless people up there, you know, they are, <laughs> and then, and most of the time, it's not even just homeless. Like, you know, I don't know if you know, you probably do know these days are your life, but like the people that pass out the water bottles on like the freeways mm-hmm. and stuff, they can be like, they like try to force your hand, their hand oh, in your yeah. car, and those are the ones like just killed your opportunity right there. Even if I did want a water and I was thirsty, I wouldn't do it because you know. It's all about the approach. I definitely agree with you. And this guy was super nice. That's why I think I did it. Second, I know exactly who you're talking about. It's this one specific corner that they do this. And I pass it like every day. I figured out if you drive a shitty car, they won't bother you. If you drive a fancy car, (laughs) they will put their hand in your car and they will be expecting a dollar for that water. Second, I have gotten on the cool cool with them where I'm like, hey. I'm poor too. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't have anything. Like, we're in the boat, you know, like, I got friends with them. So now when I ride up, I'm not, I'm not bothered. But I watch them go around and like bang on your windows and like tell you, like, come on, man, like, really look at your car. You clearly have enough money to buy this water for me and like things like that. But I've gotten on the cool cool with them. So I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to get on the cool cool because. Because, you know, that's exactly what, what I'm, you know, be like, come on, man. You're like, it's just a dollar. You're like, well, go get a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then these people in the cars are, like, scared. Like, they're rich folks. So they're sitting there like, uh, what do I do right now? Like, I don't I don't want to roll down my window. You're scaring me, you know? <laughs> like, and then they like just, a, they're, and they're just thinking, like, you have a dollar. Just give it to me. You know, it's a whole situation. <laughs> it is. It really is. So, you know, um, as this episode progressed, we talked about, you know, what you're doing currently. You're, you're on a great track. What what do you, 
let's say your five-year plan, if you have one, you know, what what are you looking to accomplish within the next five years? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say my life has taken a complete 180 in the last six months. So six months ago, I still wanted to get my PhD. Like, I wanted to probably stay in Kennesaw forever or, you know, something like that. Like, I just, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I was like, nope. I'm going to find my own way. I'm going to get this job where I work for myself. I make my own schedule and I'm going to move to the city because it's always been my dream. And so I came into some amount of money from this job and like life. And so I moved to the city and now everything has been totally flipped upside down. Like the people I'm around are completely different. I got like my best friend who will be my best friend forever. Like I'm, basically her son's godmother and I've only known her for like four months like we just bonded super fast um like everyone in my life except for my immediate family and my boyfriend have changed so drastically that I think I'm still getting my five-year plan together like I think I still haven't really come into realizing what my life is now to know what can come next if that makes sense because everything changed so fast Right, I understand. Yeah, like, I just moved to Midtown not even a month ago, and I lived in the middle of nowhere, Kennesaw, before then, and I was just going to school, and I was, like, I I did nothing pretty much except for research and school, and that was, like, my everything, and now my everything is work, and, like, I, my whole, just everything about my life is just so different. Right. Well, I hope it, I, I I can only pray and hope that it, it continues to ascend because you know, like I like I've I've probably said it like five times in this episode. But you're such a great oh, person. You. you have a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and you know, it's on things only look up for you for thank sure. You. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say or share, or you know, shout anybody out or something? Yeah. Well, I definitely want to state that I probably haven't said everything perfect in this podcast and that um I don't know everything and like my political stance is likely to change and if I said anything wrong like I'm open to hearing that and that I know I don't know everything and that I am probably not the person to be speaking on this um so I want to say that because like I know I can be wrong I do not walk your shoes I don't know what it's like and I am aware of that B Shout out to my best friend, Mackenzie. I love her very much. Um, I Because I know she's going to listen to this, and I want her to know that I was thinking of her. Uh, she was really excited about it. She's a new follower of your podcast. She watched it. And my mom actually listens to your podcast now. And she really liked your All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter podcast. Like, she loved it. Yeah. And so, like, everyone in my family is now a follower. So, shout out to them if they actually listen to it. The- family shout out to McKenzie shout out to <laughs> exactly yeah so and they make a huge impact in my life they supported me forever um McKenzie's like completely changed my life too so yeah just like my whole family for getting me to hear my dad even because he is the reason why I got all those national records and like was able to travel and go so far with rifle was because he was a top-notch guy he did everything he could to be the best coach the best resource like if I needed something he made sure we had it like he hustled and grinded. He lived in his car for three years so that we could do what we needed to do. Like he traveled, he was like a pilot car. Like he top notch dad. He will, he will literally do anything to make sure that 
me and my family have whatever we need at his expense. So shout out to him too, because he's a huge reason why I'm able to be here. Wow. Shout out to dad. Yeah. The great stand up from what I just heard. Um, I, I appreciate all the new listeners and, and hopefully I continue to make content that's listening, listen to a Yeah. I think that I don't, a word i'll make that a word but yeah but definitely that makes me really smile it really does i appreciate everyone mackenzie mom <laughs> dad the boyfriend yeah um i, did, I believe your boyfriend's name is yeah alex. my boyfriend's name is alex we've been together five years it was recently our anniversary shout out to him too i just see him every day so he's less cool right. <laughs> i'm just kidding victory thing yeah love him too cool. but yeah um shout out to all of them and also, I'm probably going to get so much heat for talking politics on this because, like, everyone from my hometown that might listen to it is a Trump supporter. Right. So pray for me and the fights that are to come. Ah, <laughs> oh, fool, you fuck Trump. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, like, I had one guy who we were, like, definitely friends. And then when I posted something about, I don't even, I don't even think it was, like, for Biden. It was just, like, against Trump. And, like... He straight right. went for the guzzle. He was like, you probably don't even look up stuff for yourself. Like, you probably just only watch CNN and, like, you don't know anything. And, like, <laughs> you're going to be taxed so heavily now that you're not even going to be able to survive. Da, 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 da. And, like, we were totally cool friends before that. Yeah. <laughs> so, genuinely, people might really not like this. Also, I just can't get past the fact that he did that. But, yeah, that that's my situation. So, I talk politics. I'm going to get some heat for it. I already know. Man, it's all good. I think, I believe you You didn't say anything wrong. I was a fan of everything you said. Um, great. And, and then the one thing that the world gets uh, misunderstood is everyone is entitled to opinion. That doesn't mean everyone's opinion is yeah. correct. But, yeah, I'm one to definitely listen to anyone in any and everyone's opinion because you know it's just different stance on things that I see so yeah a hundred percent agree with you there it intrigues me for sure (laughs) but I don't want to take up most of your day we have a good hour and 10 (laughs) minutes of just great great episode I I, I couldn't have seen this episode going oh good I appreciate so much keys to sound podcast family please give a well, you know, when you listen to it, give a round of applause to Dan <laughs> Bowen. And uh, thank you for coming on. Wow, here. I love the idea that people are going to be like sitting in their car, just clap for me at random times. <laughs> for certain. A lot of people will agree with you. I, I, I believe everything you said, you know, a lot of people will agree, especially a lot of people that listen to the podcast. That's good. So I can't wait to hear feedback on it. I can't wait to um, really put this out. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was just not thinking about when I want to put it out. That's probably going to be Friday. All right. Sure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Send any feedback to me as well. I want to hear any critiques. I will. I definitely will listen to the All Lives versus Black Lives Matter. They weren't big fans <laughs> of her for sure. <laughs> yeah, I am not shocked. That's why I text you. I'm like, it is wrong that he calls it the China virus. That is not okay. <laughs> Yeah, she got she. Um, a lot of people had hit me. It was like, "Who the hell is that?" And why is she? <laughs> so, <laughs> sure, I believe you. You know, I really do. 
That's good. I'm happy to hear it. But also, I think it's good to hear all opinions. So I'm still really happy that you did that podcast. Oh, me as well. That, that, that episode came really spontaneous. She was in the comments on a, on a Facebook post. And like they were like typing paragraphs back and forth, and I was, what? I was like, you really think like that? Like I would love to get you on my podcast so we could talk. <laughs> That's a you did a good job. You know what's good content? Oh, I, I I definitely attempt to make good content every time for sure. That is awesome. We're gonna have that. Well, I won't hold at, you. Uh, at another time for sure. You know, check um, check in on you. Oh yeah, of course that would be amazing. I absolutely love this. <laughs> And then hopefully by then it'll be visual, so we get set up like a Zoom, maybe or maybe. Oh yeah, I'm in Atlanta. I think that'd be awesome. All right, well I won't hold you. All right, Dana Bone. Thank you.